0: Welcome into the Talk Tide Podcast. I am Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. I'm joined by Rock, senior analyst at NFLOnline.com and also the radio host of Pride Sports 149 FM in Tuscaloosa, the Talking Tide Podcast available to you at web host, at Also including iTunes, Stitch, Google Play, and TuneIn. You can find us on Twitter talking once time of course we want to thank sponsors, Pete, north River dental associates and southern alehouse more on them a little later in the program we begin the show looking at alabama basketball and where they sit travis uh at this point in the season it, it, it's nine and oh nine to go believe eight nine wins down nine games left and a coming off uh, conference on the road. That, of course, coming on Saturday. Low scoring of favor, certainly by Sixty-one. Six, 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 uh, we'll go ahead and start there, Travis. How much uh, How much of that game were you catching on a business day?
1: Oh, yeah, I was able to uh, catch all of that. And uh, unfortunately for Alabama, it, it didn't catch about the first seven to ten minutes of that game, it seemed like. A slow start for the Crimson Tide, not a pretty start for Alabama. You know, once again, first-half turnovers, a real issue, it seemed like, for a while there. Uh, Alabama might not get up as many shots as it had turnovers in the first 10 minutes of play or so. I think eight turnovers in the first eight minutes. And so, you know, for an Oklahoma team that was down a couple of players, including its best player in Austin Reeves, it was exactly the kind of start that you hoped Alabama would get off to in a 11 AM uh, start uh, out there in Norman, Oklahoma. And it just felt like for the duration of the 40 minutes, Alabama was in chase mode. You know, never could totally get the game in command under control uh, and give Oklahoma a lot of credit, Seemed to be an inspired team. And that's you know, the an Oklahoma team now that, you know, has reeled off an impressive stretch of wins over ranked opponents and, uh, Alabama had one ten straight, uh, the silver lining in all this. If you're an Alabama fan is that it didn't obviously hurt you in the league standings and maybe, you know, you can regroup from this. You get a, a little bit of an extended stretch here, not much, but you've been playing that Tuesday night game after the Saturday game. So maybe playing on a Wednesday this week comes at a good time for this team because, you know, this is still an Alabama team beat up, banged up and, I am still trying to get a guy like Jordan Bruner back as well.
0: Yeah, the, re- the reason I asked you if you caught it all is because I wasn't able to. It happened to fall right in that window where I had to go. I was in Mobile all week, of course, at the Senior mm-hmm. Bowl covering things down there. And uh, I had to go uh, to the new University of South Alabama, Hancock-Whitney Stadium, uh, for the game on Saturday. So I was able to catch probably the fur just in full disclosure, I was able to catch – uh, probably the first eight minutes or so of the game and and saw that terrible start that you alluded to. And then, of course, once I got to Hancock-Whitney, uh, it was on uh, a number of the press box TVs in there, and so I was able to catch the finish. Uh, but, yes, yeah, slow start for Alabama and, and some unlikely sources of scoring for sure. You don't see Alex Reese lead the way very often. He had 15, a nice game for him. Uh Keon Ellis with 11, he was the third leading scorer in the game. Javon Quinterly, only 13 minutes, he gets shut out. Uh, John Petty, two of eight for a total of nine points. And so uh, the, some of the guys that carry the load, typically, Travis, didn't uh, didn't exactly fill it up.
1: No. And again, when you get a game into the 60s, which is preferred by just about any opponent Alabama is going to uh, run across, it, it becomes... It becomes about 50-50 balls, you know, rebounding, Uh, Alabama out-rebounded by eight overall by seven on the offensive glass, second-chance points in the game. Alabama did not have a second-chance point. Meanwhile, Oklahoma had 10, so 50-50 balls, you know, long rebounds, uh, things like that seem to all go, for the most part, Oklahoma's way, and you know, those things add up when you lose by five. And all that being said, Alabama still had a great shot late in the game. And that, that's 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 literally speaking, not just a great shot, but great shots. Had one trip where I think it was Alex Reese had two clean looks at threes. Just couldn't get them to go down. As you said, Reese, for the most part, with a solid showing in the game uh, with 15 points on six of 14 shooting, but a couple of three point shots that he had a look at there, uh, you know, later in the game, down the stretch of the game, just wasn't able to get them to go.
0: Um, how, about, how about Herb Jones catching a bloody nose and a foul on the same play? That was something, wasn't it? The was head scratcher there. He, he got caught pretty good on that drive to the hoop. I thought, I thought Jones uh, fouled the guy, though, Travis, with an elbow kind of that went into the hip. Um, and so I thought the whistle, the whistle probably should have been two whistles there. I guess he didn't like it. Obviously I, nobody would when you get a, uh, your nose bloodied like that, uh, by an offensive player, who's, uh, pushing you off, I guess with the off hand, but, uh, that, yeah. uh, it, it wasn't Herb's night. We'll put it that way.
1: No, in real time, it looked, it didn't look like much, but from the reverse type of, end zone angle you could see Herb got a little bit of a forearm into him and then you know he's had that issue with the nose the last couple of games they've had the kind of rocky Balboa that thing up in, in each of the last couple of games but look job, Alabama man. again for, for all these issues you know they're still in a position with four minutes to go or so to to you know get themselves uh steal one for lack of a better way of putting it and they go uh, they go one of their last 10 and they go, Oh, of their last eight, no field goals in the last four twenty-one 21 of the game. And, you know, in tight games on the road, somebody has got to step forward and, and get the job done, uh, on the offensive end defensively, they were okay. Uh, but again, you didn't have Austin Reeves on the court, uh, who really leads Oklahoma in everything points, rebounds, uh, assists. So you caught a break in that way and just weren't able to capitalize on it.
0: Not to be overlooked since our last edition of the Talking Tide podcast, Alabama also picked up a nice win over the University of Kentucky. That scores 70, 70 to 59. That was uh, a midweek game in Coleman Coliseum. Another low scoring affair uh, for the most part in that one. Travis uh, Jaden Shackelford leads the way 21 points, 10 of 10 at the free throw line. Herb Jones, 9 of 10 at the free throw line in that game. Alabama, 24 of 28 overall at the charity stripe. Not something uh, we're used to seeing from Alabama basketball, although this year, uh, nothing's really looked the same. Uh, But a nice win at home for Alabama in that one for sure.
1: Yeah, and again, kind of take it from Kentucky. To Oklahoma just didn't get to the free throw line as much against the Sooners. I mean, you talk about 26 free throw attempts and a half in the second half against Kentucky. Just got there 14 times in the loss to, to Oklahoma. But in the Kentucky game, you know, the last two or three games have kind of been these more grinder type of contests. It, it hasn't been as much like we saw against LSU or even the first time around against Kentucky. Uh, You know, and it gets tougher as the season goes along. Teams know you better, especially when you start getting into SEC play. And uh, it's the second time through with some of these teams that are still going to be on the schedule coming up, including LSU on Wednesday night. Uh, You know, it's going to be tougher. You know, there's certainly a lot more out there on you. Um, But I thought the Kentucky game, kind of like Mississippi State, I thought it was a really encouraging win because you saw that Alabama – Uh, In a game that didn't necessarily fit up to its preferred style or pace, uh, was still able to sort of gut one out. But, you know, the thing you worry about with Alabama now going into the second half of SEC play is just, you know, the overall health and the energy level uh, as it looks to get back into conference action. And, you know, it could be a good thing with LSU coming up. It shouldn't be much of a, a motivational issue for Nate Oates and his staff. Um, you know, it, it's always an important matchup when you go against LSU and plus LSU defensively, I don't think is uh, gonna put up as, as much of uh, interference, I guess we could say, is what Alabama's seen the last couple of times
0: out. Certainly no interference the last time the Tide and Tigers met on the hardwood. That's for sure. Travis, what do you make of the reduction in minutes that we've seen for Javon Quinterly? He had 17 minutes against Kentucky, had 13 only against Oklahoma. Is it simply Nate Oates looking for more defense from from him, or is there more to it than that in your estimation?
1: Yeah, it's been interesting. It seems to it seems to me just watching games and kind of watching how Nate Oates goes about his business. Um, you know, it, it, it's sort of how the, the 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 flow of the game is going and kind of what you're bringing to the mix. And you know, Javon against Oklahoma, uh, it just wasn't really happening. He played as you said, 13 minutes, uh, took just one shot, shut out, had a couple of turnovers, a couple of fouls, so. Uh, just seemed to be more of also Oklahoma just seemingly got to its right whenever it wanted to, you know, I I think, you know, Oklahoma was a little bit more physical getting to the bucket and, uh, and and its approach on offense and uh, you know, who knows, but, but it, it wasn't, you know, for Javon Quinterly to go even 13 minutes and not score that's saying something and to just get one shot up. So, you know, I think it's, it's sometimes it's matchup. Sometimes it's, you know, coaches have that intuition, you know, that maybe this guy doesn't have it on this particular night. Sometimes it's situations where guys are dealing with things that we on the outside don't know much about. So it's uh, hard to say. Uh, but when Quinterly isn't that type of guy, you, you see where they, they have their struggles in terms of bench points or, their bench points against Oklahoma were all limited to Keon Ellis. He had all eleven of Alabama's bench points. He had five rebounds, so pretty solid, solid outing for the junior college transfer.
0: No doubt about it. Uh, big night for for him. I think he the way he gets after it on defense. I think Nato appreciates yep. for uh, and, and
1: and I think
0: Oklahoma
1: was challenging Alabama in terms of physicality in a way uh, with the, with its style of play that, um, you know, having a guy that's not that Javon hadn't been around, he has, uh, but you know, Keon, you're right. I think defensively probably more trust in Keon Ellis, I would think for sure than, than some other options off the bench
0: not as easy to get to the rim in some games as others you know there are games where you see Alabama get to the cup pretty much at will not just with one guy but with two or three guys and then uh, other times uh if if you if you've run into a team with you know bigger front court more physical like you said it can be a lot harder to get to the cup you end up on the free throw line a little bit more which is fine if you knock them down uh but uh it's it's not as easy as it looks sometimes, I think, for uh, for Alabama in terms of penetration. It, a lot depends on the defense and the opponent. Uh, yeah, I
1: mean and, and, and you know, as we saw even with Kentucky the second time around, you know Kentucky wasn't just going to let Alabama assault the paint and assault the rim like they did the first time around uh, up at Rupp Arena, and you know Lon Kruger teams typically uh pretty tough. You know, they're, they're not just – they're, they're going to be maybe defensive-oriented more often than not. This Oklahoma team scores at a decent clip. But with Austin Reeves out of there on Saturday, they knew how they had to win that game, and it was largely going to be on the defensive end. And, you know, energy is a big part of it. You know, it just felt like you know, Alabama, for maybe a multitude of reasons, just about a half step short, not as crisp you know, in, 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 every aspect of the game. And, uh, you know, those guys for Oklahoma, it, it did seem like without Reeves, they were energized even more to show, look, yeah, he's our best player. He's our leader in so many different categories, but you know, we're at home and, and we're going to show we can get it done without him.
0: You know, as good as Jaden Shackelford has been for this Alabama team, Travis, and, and he is, he's been outstanding. The, the one area of his game that, that can, concerns me a little bit, or, or, you know, I don't know quite what to make of it is when, when Shackelford goes to the rim, it seems like sometimes if he decides to dump it off, he doesn't have a plan. And it's, and it's almost as if, uh, when he pulls that ball back, it's like he's looking for who he can dump it off to instead of knowing who he can dump it off to while he's in the air, which is obviously a dangerous thing. Um, you know, to me, Quinterly is a little bit more decisive uh, when he goes to the basket, maybe not as effective all the time, certainly, but uh, that's one thing I think Shackelford maybe could clean up in his game a little bit is just having a, a little bit better sense of who's open and who's not when, when he, when he gets up uh, in the air in the lane.
1: Yeah. You know, and it, it goes back to style of play too. You know, it's kind of what you got to live with at times because, you know, when your identity is you know, be aggressive attack the paint, get to the rim, shoot threes. Uh, You know, the other side of that is, well, if you don't shoot the three well on some nights, it could be tough. And then you're going to have a propensity, maybe more so than other teams to turn the ball over. And so, you know, I say all that, and of Alabama's 16 turnovers against Oklahoma, uh, you know, a combined nine of them came from a couple of your, your veterans that you consider at this point to be, pretty dependable on the ball and that's Herb Jones and John Petty. So uh it was kind of a a a team wide effort in that regard too. But yeah, I know I know exactly what you're talking about and, and sometimes it's it's a little bit of a head scratcher. But again, I think when you commit to that style of play, it doesn't mean you like it if you're Nate Oates. Uh, but it's also something that you you probably figure you're going to have to live with to an extent.
0: On tap for the Alabama basketball squad on Wednesday night, they'll be taking on LSU. Travis mentioned that upcoming affair. It's going to be a home game for the Crimson Tide. The broadcast will be ESPN 2. And then your weekend Alabama game, February 6th, that'll be a road game at Missouri televised by ESPN. That'll be uh, an 11 a.m. Central Time start uh, in Columbia. So uh, that's your next couple for Alabama basketball. Talk of Tide podcast brought to you by Southern Alehouse, Heat Pizza Bar, and of course North River Dental Associates. We want to thank them. We're going to start by telling you a little bit about North River Dental. Dr. Jack Smalley and his outstanding staff of dental hygienists uh, do as good a job as there is uh, with all your dental needs, your family's dental needs, whatever it is, they can take care of it. Porcelain veneers, pediatric dentistry, teeth whitening services, always popular there, the dental implants, oral surgery, you name it. They do it all at North River Dental Associates. You can make an appointment at NorthRiverDentist.com. You can call them at 752-3506. They're going to have you out of there well under an hour, typically, on a routine cleaning. And it's definitely conveniently located right off of Watermelon Road in Fairfax Park, not far from West Alabama Pediatrics. It's North River Dental Associates.
1: Going to tell you about Southern Alehouse out there as well in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa, 1530 McFarland Boulevard East, excuse me, McFarland Boulevard North to be exact. Uh, always great, great stuff there at Southern Ale House, whether you're in the market for a great lunch, you can get in and out of there. They've got the bar where you can sit. You can sit in the booth. They've got the outstanding table service. Wait staff is out of this world. Great, great service each and every time you visit Southern Ale House. And then, well, the food speaks for itself. Try that Tuesday night craft burger night. They also pair those up. They'll pair those up with some uh, craft beers, if you'd like, including some local brews as well. But the craft burgers, you're going to have three burgers to choose from. Always are going to be outstanding. Anytime you go in there and get a burger, it's going to be the best burger you're going to find anywhere. Uh, they're going to have that great Yardbird chicken sandwich. If you're looking for something a little lighter, they have great salads there. At Southern Ale House, they also had the plate lunches and the plate dinners. They have the biscuit plates that are absolutely phenomenal. Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. You know where I watched Alabama, Oklahoma on Saturday, as a matter of fact, and also some of that Senior Bowl? I watched it right there at Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Told you many, many times, in addition to the great pizza, In in addition to the great appetizers, salads, full bar service, you name it, the television management where it comes to sports is second to none. So our boy, our guy, uh, our mutual friend, John uh, Goodbread, asked about maybe grabbing some lunch, and he was in the downtown area, and he mentioned a couple places. Well, here was the problem. One place couldn't get the TVs right. The other place... Got the TVs right, couldn't get the food right. So, well, it was an easy choice for me from that point. Heat Pizza Bar right there at downtown Tuscaloosa Government Plaza. Frank and the crew, they had those TVs perfectly set up. The pizza was phenomenal, as it always is. The wait staff, the service was phenomenal, as it always is. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa Government Plaza.
0: Talking Tide Podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Tune In. Chase Goodbread and Travis Ryer with you for a few more minutes. We're going to turn our attention to football in the final minutes of this edition of the podcast. And start with the Senior Bowl, Travis. Uh, you mentioned you saw a bit of it, uh, 27-24, your final score. The, it's no longer north-south now. It's national and American down there. The national squad uh, takes this year's edition of the game. Uh, not a lot of excitement frankly, in the first half. a <laughs> little more excitement, some more big plays, certainly in the second half uh, of the game and uh, you know individually, it had to be a disappointment, I think for Alabama fans to show up and of course some a lot of this news had already broken uh, by game time. so most people would have known, but of all the Alabama players that were rostered, and it was a pretty stout number, and there was some star power there for sure. Only two guys that ended up playing, Travis Deontay Brown at guard position, uh, the long snapper, of course, uh, Fletcher in there, and, and uh, everyone else ends up pulling out of the game. Mac Jones. Uh, now, Devontae Smith and Najee Harris, they knew coming into the week that those guys were not
1: Dickerson. playing in the game. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, Dickerson another one yeah that, that, that they knew obviously because of the knee uh, the the one that I think had to have been the most disappointing not only for fans uh, but also for the game organizers was Mac Jones who looked pretty good in practice all week tweaked an ankle on Thursday after the Thursday practice he said I don't know if I'm going to be able to go we'll see how you know we'll get some treatment and, and see what happens and uh, next thing you know uh, he's out of there too so uh, not a lot of crimson helmets out there on the senior bowl field.
1: Yeah, I, I, I tuned in and, and I, I'm, I'm I'm, for sure that Mac's not going to play at that point. Najee's not going to play. You know, the aforementioned guys, we outlined that going into the week. Uh, additionally, we're going to be out. And I just, uh, I struggled with the motivation to yeah. actually watch much. Of that senior bowl, you know, I've seen enough of Felipe Franks and Kellen Mond at this point and God bless them. I hope they do great things. Hope they go into the National Football League play for a long time. Uh, I, I, I'm all caught up on Jamie Newman, even though he didn't play at all this past <laughs> season. So, uh, you know, I was pulling for Deontay Brown, Thomas Fletcher, a great opportunity for him. We know those jobs are very precious when you start talking about specialist gigs in general at the next level, tough to break in at one of those spots. Um, so I, I can't, I, I did pay attention throughout the week. I did. And here's what it sounded like. Sound like Mac did plenty through the week. Uh, and if you got through that Thursday practice Fridays, I got to think a walkthrough for the most part. So it's not a big evaluation day in and of itself. So for Saturday, if you know, you don't think you can go or should go, Uh, That's a good thing for the other quarterbacks too. I I mean, I'm sure those other quarterbacks love the additional reps. You know, they were able to get the additional opportunity because it sounded like other than Mac Chase, every other quarterback down there needed as many opportunities they could get in the game itself on Saturday to kind of fortify or improve their position.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. You know, a lot of years, the senior bowl have four quarterbacks on each side. So you're talking about a quarter of playing time for each one of them, which which is going to equate to, you know, a series or two. Uh, This year, they only had six total. And then Mac Jones decides he can't go. And so that definitely opened things up for Mond and Newman on on, uh, that squad. Uh, Mond ended up winning the MVP in a losing effort, but Mond commented after the game that it was a little easier, I guess, to get in a rhythm than he first expected. He played the first and third quarters. Didn't look too good in the first quarter. Threw two touchdown passes in the third quarter. One of them a really nice ball uh, into the end zone, threading a, a corner, threading a ball between a corner and a and a safety for a touchdown. So. Uh, Big day for Mon, no question about it. He threw 25 passes. Not often do you see a quarterback get off 25 throws in the Senior Bowl, Travis, for multiple reasons. Not only the fact that playing time gets split up, but also because these NFL coaching staffs tend to keep the ball on the ground in the Senior Bowl more than uh, what we're used to.
1: Yeah, and I could tell from the social media timeline,
0: even without watching much of the game,
1: that that sort of maddening inconsistency for Mon is already starting to take hold with some of the draft jockeys out there. Some of the draft analysts who, you know, on the same play, Kellen Mon can muff a shotgun snap, pick the ball up off the ground. And as you sort of outlined, make an NFL throw, if there ever was one between a corner and a safety in the middle of the field, you know, he has the arm ability uh, he has the the the, the velocity uh, and those things. It's just there's still some really basic things that he'll botch, uh, but then he'll follow that up with something that's at a extremely high level NFL starter caliber caliber level. So uh, he's going to be fascinating to watch move through this process, but. You know, you look at sort of the movement with quarterbacks in the last couple of days, Matthew Stafford going from Detroit to L.A. with the Rams, Jared Goff going from the Rams to the um, to the Lions in exchange. And even with that, you know, the Lions picking there in the top 10, they still might go quarterback, even with Goff. You know, Goff might be a one year guy. And if you bring in a rookie, you kind of let him sit and watch and see what Goff does the Panthers picking there in the top 10. And we have this conversation every year about quarterbacks. You know, every year we go into this part of the process, well, maybe two top 10 quarterbacks. Before it's all said and done, Chase, will you be surprised if there's like four Four. quarterbacks that go in the top 10 of this draft?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. I I don't think there's any four. Yeah, I mean, Lawrence up top, Zach Wilson from BYU is getting a lot of love from the scouting community right now. You got yeah. Fields. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question that's going to. I can
1: totally things. see Mac Jones, and I'm not saying I'm all in on Mac Jones as a top ten pick at the quarterback position, but I can absolutely see it happening. Yeah. I mean, if, if he's already created this type of momentum for himself, that you were down there and you probably, I'm sure, picked up on yourself. I mean, we're just getting going, and and. You know, we're we're already hearing Mac maybe to the Panthers now after
0: working with Matt Rule and that staff. If I was a Vegas man, Travis, and I was setting such things, I would put the over under on quarterbacks taken in the first round in this draft at at I'd probably stick it right now at five or five and a half.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I was going to say tra- five and a hook.
0: Yeah, tra- yeah, you got Trey Lance, you know, from North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. He's going to be. He's going to be in there, and I, they and I, can't I, help themselves, good bread. No. They can't. You can't win they football can't. games with a bad quarterback. Indoor uh-uh. sport, no. Uh, and and all these coaches and GMs know that they're looking at a pretty short shelf life, shelf life if they don't mm-hmm. uh, deliver fans a, a winner relatively quickly. So yeah, uh, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a quarterback, especially top of the draft. I think you I think you could see four, like you said, in the top ten. Uh, and then as, as we've talked about before, a lot of times you see one or two quarterbacks, even if they might be viewed as second round value guys, they mm-hmm. sneak into the back end of that first round. Um, so it's, a it's definitely, it's definitely a big deal. The teams get an extra year of contract control on those first rounders too, by the way,
1: they uh, like that Yes, five years, right? Instead of yeah. four
0: yeah. makes a difference. So, uh, something to watch certainly, uh, and, and, you know, We mentioned that that Alabama had a lot of guys sit out. should be noted, too, that there were a ton of guys from all across the rosters at the Senior Bowl uh, that didn't play in the game. Kadarius Toney uh, from Florida was out. Tylen Wallace, the outstanding receiver from Oklahoma State, did not play. The Surratt brothers from Wake Forest in North Carolina, they didn't go. Uh, You had Trey Smith from Tennessee deciding not to play. It was just kind of a uh it's one thing after another with some of those pull outs and you see that in the senior bowl every year but you don't see it to the extent that we saw it this year i think the total was 28 guys unavailable i mean they're, yeah i'm sure they're, Leather, they're glad.
1: leatherwood was a leatherwood was a surprise to me yeah. on game day he was yeah. a very late scratch
0: he was a late scratch too and and you know they decided i think because of the Because of the way the 2020 college football season went with COVID, they decided to bring in extra players. Usually, it's only 110 guys. They had 130 plus down there this year. Yeah, that's good um, thing. With all the guys that pulled out, yeah, they absolutely needed it. So, matter of fact, I think they, I think they were short on offensive linemen so bad by the time the game rolled around that they brought in a guy from, uh, from Pitt who uh, didn't even practice all week. (laughs) (laughs) They just flew him in, and uh, I don't know, maybe maybe they they PDF'd him the playbook on the flight or something. I don't know. And uh, here's your helmet. uh, Do your best. Anyway, that is going to wrap things up for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Be sure to join us next time. We'll be checking back in with Alabama basketball and more in the next week or so. For Travis Ryer, at AlabamaOnline.com and Southern Fried Sports Radio, I'm Chase Gubber of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. We'll talk to you next time right here on Talking Tide.